0: there's a better way to make high-quality video ads. You know, like the ones that drive performance on every platform across the Internet? QuickFrame by Mountain has hacked the video production process to deliver a faster, more efficient way to produce content. Through a global network of creators hungry to bring your brand's vision to life, you'll be able to iterate and improve upon your campaigns mid-flight, creating a feedback loop of testing and learning so you can scale your business and reach new audiences. Visit QuickFrame.com to learn more. Do you dread the thought of self-promotion? Do you worry about what people say or how to celebrate yourself publicly without cringing? Join founder, public speaker, and author, Steph Sword Williams, as she guides you through actionable ways to start self-promoting in a way that feels authentic to you in this presentation from Advertising Week Europe 2022. Self-promotion shouldn't be something you avoid in your career, and the sooner you get on board with it, the quicker you'll see personal results. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: I'm Steph Sword-Williams and I'm the founder and author of Fuck Being Humble. Uh, I would encourage you all to follow at fbeinghumble on socials right now so that you can photograph and tell everyone how wonderful this event is today. Um, so I'm gonna be talking to you about why self-promotion isn't a dirty word. But I'm not just gonna be talking at you, I'm gonna be giving you activities to do throughout because I'm a strong believer that as we go through these sessions, it's really important to process what I'm saying so I'm not just talking nonstop. So for those of you that have no idea who I am, you've never heard of fuck being humble. I started my business in 2018 with the sole goal to help you be unapologetically proud of your achievements. My main goal is to help you be a cheerleader like that and get over the fear of self-promotion. Now naturally when I tell people I've started a platform, a book, a business called Fuck Being Humble and it's all around self-promotion, I get a lot of reactions like this. Be a bit nervous, bit unsure, particularly in the UK where heaven forbid, we self promoted because it's much cooler to be self deprecating. Right now, when I break down what self promotion means to people, I explain to them that self means I and promotion just means an activity that supports an aim or a goal. Anybody who makes you feel awkward for doing that, it's usually that they're not very good at themselves. Right now, I am an advertising person. I have spent seven years working in the ad industry. I was an account director, I was a business director. And I know the power that storytelling can have for really big brands, and I'm sure you all do too. But I also know the power it can have for individuals. And today, that's what I really want to talk to you about, is how you can lean into telling your own personal story and not feel ashamed for doing it. So my goal is to help you self-promote so you don't feel arrogant. It's my number one goal, because everybody always asks me that question. It's to help you recognize your self worth and it's to teach you how to communicate it. And that's everything we're gonna be talking about as we go through today's session. Now the first thing I wanna talk to you about is a book called The Dream Manager. Now don't judge a book by its cover, I know it looks a bit shit, right? But it's a really good book, and my dad gave me this book to read. And it's basically about a company that's struggling to retain its staff. And when they ask their staff, why are you leaving? It's not because they wanted more money or flashy cars. They just said, we don't think our dreams are going to come true here. And they said, well, what are your dreams? It's like, well, putting down a deposit for the first time for a house, or learning how to drive, or giving my kids a great Christmas. So it was through this learning that they realized they needed to do something. So they hired a financial advisor who was called a dream manager and he helped everyone in the company achieve their dreams. Now, without spoiling the story, essentially no one wanted to leave the company and they all lived a very happy life. Now actually brands like Cook have adopted this, brands around the world have adopted the dream manager model. So if you're leading a business, I would recommend thinking about that. But what it made me think about was I haven't been asked what my dreams were since I was six and I used to say I wanted to be a ballerina and I was 16 and I used to say I wanted to be a wag, right? Moved on from that one. So then I decided I'm gonna write down what my dreams are. So I said that I wanted to create communications that could change the world. When I worked in ad agencies, I loved working on a range of work, but what really, really hit home for me was working on purpose-led communications. I really wanted to look at the work I did and at the end of the day feel like I've made a difference. The second thing that I wrote down was that I wanted to public speak to inspire. So Barack Obama, absolute icon, but there, that I dream of getting to deliver a TED talk or having something so profound to say that people wanted to listen was something that I really, really got excited about. And finally, I wrote down that I wanted to travel because any jobs where you can encompass travel, travel into it is a pretty great job. So in doing this, and the reason I share with you what my dreams were, I have made so much better decisions about my career, how I self-promote and how I position myself. I had an awakening when I was working in advertising that it was great working for clients and it was great pushing the agency that I worked for's morals and values and all those things. But if I wanted to be a TED speaker, if I wanted to have an impact, if I wanted more creative control, I needed to do something. And that essentially was why Fuck Being Humble was born. And that's why I'm on this stage talking to you all today. So. The very first part of this session, as I said, it is interactive. So I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to just share what your dreams are. What would you like to achieve in your career? What would you like to be known for? What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want your grandkids to say about you? And if you are sat next to a stranger, even better, because you may never see them again, and you don't need to worry about committing to that dream. So I'm gonna give you a minute to think about this. Please turn to the person next to you, and we'll carry on with the rest of the presentation. Okay, everyone. Can I have some silence? Because I want to keep going. Now, interestingly, when I asked you to do this, everyone's faces looked blank, like, oh, my God, I've got no dreams. I have no idea. And then all of you were talking. So unless you were talking about reality TV or the pasta you had last night, I'm happy to see that you have some dreams. Now, that question is tough. And the questions we're going to go through today are tough. Because self-reflection is tough, and that's why we don't do it, right? So I am going to guide you through activities, and I really want you to make the most of the time that we have in today's session, because I don't want you to forget these things and never ever do them again. So really thinking about what are your dreams and how you want to position yourself is super important because if you don't do that, you're gonna find yourself in 20 years time going, oh, I had all those dreams and those ideas and I never ended up doing them. And it's all about the way you position yourself. So the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the importance of bigging up yourself. Now, this is something that, as I mentioned, particularly in the UK, we struggle with because we are celebrated for being self-deprecated instead of of being celebrated for celebrating ourselves. I don't know why, I don't know who came up with that idea, why it's cooler to take the mick out of ourselves than it is actually to say no, I'm really proud of the work that I do. Um, when I was writing my book, I came up with this phrase, FOSS, the fear of sounding stupid, which essentially is that feeling that you're worried about what people are gonna think about you, if you say something they don't agree with it, I'm cringing at posting something on LinkedIn, give me a show of hands if anyone's ever felt FOSS. There we go. So if everyone in this room is feeling FOSS, I think that's a good indicator that we all experience it daily. Here's the thing that you need to remember. When we worry about FOSS, we are worrying too much about what other people's opinions are. And as a result, we end up minimizing ourselves, right? So us being consumed about what other people think about us and the fear of sounding stupid actually means we minimize ourselves, we undersell ourselves, and we don't go for the things that we really want. So what I actually want you to be more nervous about is fobge. Now I know it doesn't sound anywhere near as good. I couldn't think of a better way to describe it. But that's the fear of being generic. Because every time you are so consumed by what other people think, you blend in. You minimize yourself and you blend in and you don't go for the things that you deserve. So I want you to be more nervous about fobge. Now I'd like to have everybody stand on their feet for those that are in the room. This is the only crowd participation I'll make you do, I promise. One of the biggest things that we have to recognise is that the language we use to describe ourselves is vital. Now, what I've observed during my time of running Fuck Being Humble is that we use very generic language. So stay standing if you ever use these words to describe yourself. (laughs) Passionate, hardworking, enthusiastic, confident, strategic, motivated, creative, and friendly. Is that everyone in the room? You can all sit down now. Point proven, right? So, if everybody in this room is using these words to describe themselves, how on earth are you standing out? And bearing in mind, I deliver this talk pretty much every week to thousands of people, and everybody stays standing or everybody types yes on the Zoom chat, right? Now this is not to shame anyone, I promise. I've been there, I've done that. Insight as well, the two most used buzzwords on LinkedIn are strategic and creative. So sadly, even for those of us in the room who are actually strategic and creative, you're competing with Bob in IT, who's also claiming that, which is no offense to anybody in IT, right? So the point I'm trying to make is that the language we use really helps to separate us. But when we use generic language, because we're, we are fearful of sounding stupid and actually speaking authentic about ourselves, we end up blending out and we don't stand out the way that we want to. Now, my boyfriend jokes that my tombstone's going to read fucking relentless. Sorry for the sparing. Um, and although I don't think he meant it as a compliment, I'd much rather be known for that than friendly. And creative because it tells you more it tells you I'm tenacious it tells you I'm hard-working it tells you I don't give up and again he might not have used it as a compliment but I, I share it in all my presentations he gets very annoyed that I do share that so one of the things that I always try and stress to people is the importance of not letting society limit you now this is where I should probably explain the name of my business and why I called it because believe me when I say I absolutely believe in being humble Please don't think that this is some tacky millennial brand that's just for the clicks, right? I really do believe in being humble. But when I say the words F being humble, what I mean by that is I really don't want anybody to ever miss out on an opportunity because they were being too modest and I don't think it serves anyone, I don't think you benefit from it, and I don't think the people around you benefit from it. So the really important thing is just because we live in a society and a culture where we think it's cooler to talk ourselves down, doesn't mean that's the right way. Nobody's ever said this statement before, but I am here to say it and to challenge your thinking with that. I always share this slide, right, and this slide is the words you speak become the house you live in. So this isn't just about how you try and impress other people. This is about how you feel about yourself. So when you use generic language, then when I ask you what makes you different, it's gonna be really hard for you to say what makes you different, right? But when you think about actually, what are those unique qualities? What are the things that make me stand out? It's a lot easier to present yourself in a compelling way, really cutting through and disrupting what people are hearing and listening and essentially meeting with. So the next activity, some of you may already have guessed this, is to describe yourself without using the five words that i previously presented. So you are not allowed to use the words strategic, hardworking, enthusiastic, confident, motivated, friendly, or creative, don't know if i said that twice, but you can turn to the person next to you. Feel free to grab a photo of this slide so you can capture this on the end of the session. Everything I talk about today is available in my book as well. So if you do wanna get something more substantial, head over to that. But please turn to the person next to you. You've got two minutes. Think about five words to describe yourself that are not these words. Okay, everyone. I'm actually gonna ask some people to share some words. So we will either have volunteers or I will pick people out of the crowd. Anybody want to share a word that they thought of? Yes, at the back. Loyal. Loyal, excellent word, thank you. Yeah. We were thinking about how to say creative in other words and uh, we came out with a, a bold, disruptive, uh, out of the box kind of mindset. Amazing, thank you. Anybody that hears any good words, write them down. Nobody owns words, <laughs> write them down. Yes. I said resilient. Resilient, excellent word, thank you. Yes.
0: I think we were going with words that might seem negative, but actually they're positive, like nerdy. Yeah. Where it actually tells you a lot about someone. but Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a really good uh, point, actually. I always say to people, if you sat there for that entire two minutes thinking, not got a single word to say about myself, I'm very generic. Um, Write down the good, the bad and the ugly, right? And also speak to the people in your friendship groups, your family, your network. I think there were a couple of people at the back as well that wanted to share. Uh, Feel free to keep thinking about these words. Fearless. Fearless, excellent. A star from me on that one. Um, I got bubbly, spontaneous, passionate, fun and sweet. Amazing, thank you for sharing all of those, yes? See this always happens, there's always a pin drop silence and then everybody wants to share, yes?
0: Uh, Curious.
1: Yes, excellent, thank you. Uh, authentic. Authentic, amazing, thank you. Outspoken. Outspoken, I'm very outspoken as you can imagine, yes. Right, I'm going to keep moving. Thank you for those who shared those, those words. It's really. It's a hard task. Lots of people tell me this is a hard task and I agree, it is a hard task. That's why I don't do it and I make you guys do it, right? Um, it's really important to be intentional with the language that you use about yourself. It is the only thing that will set you apart. If you have the exact same experience as other people, the way that you describe yourself and the value you bring is going to be hugely impactful on how you are seen by other people. So the important learning from that section is just figure out what makes you you. Nobody has lived the same experience. We all live unique experiences. You've got something different to share, something different to say, something different to add, and you should communicate that. Now the second thing I wanted to talk to you about is the importance of getting over the self-promotion awkwardness. Because I get asked every single day, how do I self-promote without sounding arrogant, right? Number one question. I wanna sort of bust a myth here. Self-promotion is not arrogant. It has been done in an arrogant way, which makes us not want to do it. You are not arrogant for self-promoting. Please, please wire that into your head. Please remember that as you leave today's session, right? This is not you. You're not arrogant, right? Hope I'm glad no one in the room actually looks like this, because that could have been quite awkward. I googled arrogant, and this is what came up in Google Images, right? So if you don't identify with this person, you're cool. One of the things that I do think is really important, and this, again, is a very British thing, and it happens in other in countries as well, but there is no point in self-promoting if you're going to belittle yourself. So I'm sure many of us have seen this before. It's like you've plucked up the courage, I'm finally gonna do it. And then you're like, oh, let me just find a way to water down this self-promotion and be more palatable, right? I'm gonna highlight some phrases that I would like you to bin immediately, right? Excuse the shameless self-promotion. It wasn't shameless until you said that, right? Uh, I don't usually do this, but check out my latest work. Don't do that. If you've got nothing else to do, nothing else to do, check out your website. Seriously, nothing else to do. Um, humble brag alert. Studies have shown saying humble brag alert annoys people more than just bragging, right? Um, cheeky self-promo plug. Oh, sends shivers down my spine. Finally, and the worst out of the bunch, minor achievement announcement. Mind blown. Why would you say that? These are things that I see on LinkedIn daily, right? It honestly, it kills me inside. I stand against this. Because the reason is, like, you put those phrases in there because you think it lands like this, right? But how it actually lands is this. Everybody is cringing, right? So what I want you to do is to let go of that self-promotion awkwardness. It is not awkward to self-promote. And I want you to instead use my model, which is the three Gs. Now feel free to grab a photo of this to remember it. The three Gs to self-promoting in a way that you feel comfortable, genuine, and authentic, I believe, are to be genuine, is to be gracious, and it's to be a giver, right? And I'm gonna break down what these three mean. So the first thing that I think when it comes to being genuine is being open, honest and relatable. I'm gonna give you an example. I did get the opportunity to fulfill very close to my dream which was giving a TEDx talk. It's awful, I hate it. It's my worst piece of content. I hate that it's online and people can see it. And when I got this, or so when I got the opportunity to do it, I was burnt out through the pandemic. I was releasing my book. I was, I hate speaking to camera, even though I'm a public speaker, I hate recording content. I had no support. I wasn't on a stage like this. I had to record it at home. It was, it was just awful. It was a bad experience, right? I shared it, it went out, it did well, all of these great things, but I personally couldn't share it. I could not bring myself to sharing it because I hated the output that much and I didn't want people to judge me for that thing alone. So I didn't share a TEDx talk because I was worried that somebody might say, that's not perfect, right? Ridic- actually ridiculous. So I had a word to myself and the best way I felt I could communicate that big achievement in my life was to actually be honest about it, right? So what I did was write an article on linkedin you can all go away and read it It says i did a tedx talk i hate it but here's why i have to share it and so many people reached out to me, say, thank you so much for talking about an achievement that you didn't like. Thank you so much for sharing it, even though you didn't think it was your best version. I've, I've held back so many things that I didn't think were the best version of me, but as a result of that, you know, and I probably got more engagement. I probably got more views on it because I was genuine, because I was honest and I was relatable with what I was saying. So when it comes to self-promotion, always think about how can you be genuine? The second thing I want you to think about is being gracious, right? So that is about acknowledging people that has helped you get to that point or the people that were involved in that achievement. There is nothing worse than people who steal credit. There is nothing worse than people not giving you the credit where credit's due, right? So make sure you celebrate the people that helped you get to that point or that were part of that achievement. The second thing is to be considerate. So I made the Forbes under 30 list um, at 27, just before the pandemic started. And it was literally as people were losing jobs, security was out the window, people were feeling really vulnerable. And although this epic thing had happened and I was really proud of myself, I really thought, how can I share this in a way that doesn't, again, make everyone just feel a bit crap about themselves? So, um, spoiler alert, I nominated myself. And if anybody doesn't know that, everybody in the list pretty much does, right? Because who is sitting around going, I know what I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna nominate Steph for Forbes Under 30. No one, right? And the same for you, so if anybody wants those awards, we know what it's like in the awards industry. When you want an award, you generally have to nominate yourself or pay for it yourself, right? The same goes for Forbes Under 30. So what I decided to do was to share that I'd made the Forbes Under 30 list for Europe, for marketing and advertising, that I was really proud of myself, that I was from the north and I didn't really have those expectations and I didn't think I would get to do that. But what I did was I shared that I nominated myself and I took people through how I nominated myself, what the questions were like. And actually, as a result, I have seen five women make the Forbes under 30 list this year and they've all messaged me to say, I would not have done it had you not have shared how you did it and that you nominated yourself. And I'm really proud of that because that is the legacy I want to leave to empower other women to go forward and share their successes. So again, it's like, how can you be considerate? The other thing is awareness. Let's be honest, if you walk into every room and self non nonstop, it's going to be annoying. So Gary Vaynerchuk saying is give, 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 then sell. Mine is give, 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 self promote, right? Because the more you give to people, the more you back other people, you like their posts, you reply to an all-agency email to someone else's work and say, yeah, that's amazing, I'm really proud of you, the more likely they will support you when you do go, okay, now I'm going to self-promote. So always think about with self-promotion, it's not just talking about, hey, here's this big achievement that I'm really proud of. It's about adding value to other people as well. It's about giving your knowledge, giving your expertise, helping others, so that when you do self-promote, you've built up this community or support group of people that want to see you do well and will back you and the final thing that i wanted to talk about was being a giver so if you're about to self-promote and you're about to share something on linkedin or you share something at your company or promote on any channels and you're like oh gosh there's just something inside of me that's telling me i shouldn't post this and i'm just really cringing at myself turn the final point into an action for other people to try and replicate that achievement It's a really simple, great way to help support others whilst promoting yourself. So whether that's giving advice, whether you're inspiring people or you're providing an action. So one of my, my book has got a 4.7 out of stars, uh, a star rating on Amazon out of five. And I wanted to obviously communicate and brag about that. But what I said to people was like the power of testimonials and the power of feedback and the power of getting those sort of ratings from other people. So what I said is if you do anything today, go get those testimonials, go get that feedback because you can use that to promote yourself and actually back up why you deserve what you're asking for so every time you feel that oh i'm not sure whether i can just post this and be proud of myself add that final tip of here's how you could do it too hey everyone we just won this amazing pitch just wanted to give you the top three takeaways that we think the client loved the most Hi everyone, I've just launched my latest website. Here's my um, insights on how to use SEO to push your work higher on the Google rankings. Whatever it may be, think about the value you can offer to the people that are either following you, supporting you, or you could work with. And then all of a sudden you take that that sort of experience from just self-promoting about yourself and actually supporting and helping other people. Um, And the final thing that I want to say in this section is, it's so important to check with a peer that actually believes in self-promotion. So I've got friends where I'll be like, oh, do you think I should post this I'm not sure, oh, I don't know. And they'll go, absolutely not, I would never do that in a million years. I'm like, so why am I going to you for that advice, right? So it's really important that if you are thinking about self-promoting, putting yourself out there, that you find people around you that do see the value in it, that will back you, that will like you. Like, I've got at least two or three friends that if I write an article or share a post, I'll be like, can you just put loads of fire emojis at the end of it, please, just so that it looks like people are engaging with it, you know? You do need those support to back you, and likewise you should be backing them. So the next thing that I want you to do, and please do turn to the person next to you and do this, is I want you to think of an achievement that you've had, a, a professional career achievement, and what is one piece of advice you could share with someone so they could benefit from that. And I would actually love you after today's session to go away and and actually share this publicly, whether that's in person or online. But I'm gonna give you the next couple of minutes. Have a think about this question. What's one achievement you're really proud of and what's one learning you could share with other people if they wanted to achieve something similar or you wanted to turn that self-promotion piece into something that is more about helping others? Perfect, thank you. So again, I know these questions are tough and I know it's tough speaking to strangers or even people you know, and the thing is, The reason it's tough is because we don't do the self-reflection. So this is my, not even warning, this is my reminder to you all, that the more you self-reflect, the easier it becomes to answer these questions. So when you are asked these questions in important moments in your career, you don't freeze, you don't get embarrassed, and importantly, you don't undersell yourself, which is what I really stand against, right? So the third, so really to summarize that section, it's really about thinking, how can you make the task of self-promotion less awkward? I've given you the three G's model. Please use that. I actually recently gave a talk in Ibiza at International Music Summit, and I had a lot of Americans sort of coming up to me and like it's really interesting because like professional development is very often written from an American perspective and it's very cheesy. Whereas I've tried to write all of this from a British perspective, knowing that we are the hardest market to crack. And if I can crack this market, hopefully I can go global. So the third thing that I wanted to talk to you about today is the importance of selling your benefits and not just your features. And I'm gonna give you an example, because we're at Adweek, so you know I can talk about advertising examples and you'll probably get this, right? So when you look at Samsung and Apple, they have been competing for years to dominate the market, right? Arguably, Samsung's products could actually be better, right? But what Samsung does, arguably, didn't say I think that, right? They've done a lot of work to try and combat some of the lacking features, I would say, in Apple's products, right? But when you look at Samsung's advertising, it's very often say what you see, right? It's features It's you can write with a pen, here's the weather, touchscreen, all of that. But when you look at Apple's advertising, they show you the life that you can have with them. They don't show you the phone with the underwater camera, they show you the pictures you could take. They show you the value they bring to you. Now the reason I want to share this example with you today is I don't want you to be Samsung, and based on the laughing in the audience, I don't think you all want to be Samsung, right? I want you to be Apple, and I want you to be thinking about how can you bring your input to life right i want you to be thinking about how can i make sure that i communicate the value that i bring and so that people really understand how i go above and beyond why i'm the person they should be working with now i'll give you an example when i was working in advertising one of my clients was a university it was staffordshire university is there anybody in the room from stoke-on-trent is there? Oh, amazing. That's a very rare. So one of the selling points was that it has great train lines to get you out of Stoke-on-Trent. So it wasn't the easiest of jobs for me to try and sell the university, but I worked super hard on that. And one of the briefs that we got was to redo the university's prospectus. Now, that was a tough brief. If you think about prospectuses, we're talking like 300-page document, redoing all the content, the written copy, the photography. We made videos. It was a huge project. And when I came to talking about it, I actually reflected on it, and I said, I project managed the production of the university's prospectus, including the design, photography, and copy, right? That's what I did. Except this was a 12-month project that I lost a lot of sleep. A lot of tears were spent on this, a lot of energy, a lot of missed plans, a lot of client backlash, all these things, right? And I thought, I did so much more than this. And the reason I wrote this down was because I hadn't spent the time reflecting and documenting all the things I was doing during that process. So I went again, okay, this is example one. But example two, I'm going to really dig deep in what I did during that project. So example two was, to deliver a real overview of the university's offering, I conducted 27 interviews in over four weeks, which influenced the entire creative and content direction. Alongside this, I coordinated three shoots managing external suppliers and delivered the client an asset bank of over 300 pieces of content, right? Can you see the difference between example one and example two? And it didn't take me that much longer to get to example two. It's just that I didn't rely on my memory at the time when I was tired and burnt out and assumed, like, oh, I don't even think I've done that much. I went back to the drawing board, I had a look through all my meetings, all the things that I'd done, and I got to this, and this is a lot more compelling. This is way more compelling than the previous example. So I want you to think about, when you are reflecting on your achievements, not to give me the Samsung top-line version. I want you to dig deep and give me the Apple Storytel version, right? Tell me what I don't see. Tell me the things that you do to go above me on. Tell me the things that show you to be adding value in different ways to other people. The other thing that I always say is your work won't always speak for itself. So I've got a friend who's a product designer, and they think if they post a photo of their work online, the internet will blow up and products will sell out and everything will stop, right? And as great as their products are, it's not that great, right? So I have to always remind them, it's like, yes, an image is great, yes it's great to post something on linkedin or send an all agency email way or all business email where you're like oh look at this great project we did We're really proud of it but unless you tell that detail behind it it's going to be really hard for people to see why it's so important and why that success should be celebrated and why you should be celebrated and rewarded in turn so i'll give you an example i worked with puma and liberty recently and if i just shared this image behind me. Um, you'd see that I sort of host a panel, talk a lot, as you can probably tell already. But what you don't know was that it was their first ever collection, so it was quite a big deal. We discussed things like being a founder, confidence, and sort of imposter syndrome and resilience. It was a live audience with press and influencers, and the the, the whole importance of it was trying to drive people through the store. And it was the second job I'd done with Puma, because they were really impressed with the work that I'd done with them. You don't get that from one image. So this is just me reminding you that with every visual sort of self-promotion that you give, try and always give the context behind it. Because that allows you to, to really build an emotional connection with people past a visual, right? If you give the context, if you tell people the things you've overcome, the boundaries, how how many hours were spent on this, the people you've reached, how many people have read it or seen it or engaged with it, they're the things that are gonna really help to elevate you and your offering. So please don't just expect the internet to blow up when you post one thing, and please don't own only post one thing and think every, your self-promotion job is done. It's not, right? It's not. So I always say to people, it is so important to keep a track of your progress, right? It is so important to keep a track of the impact you're making and how you are seeing the results of your work and the things that you do. And it doesn't have to be numeric results. It doesn't always have to be hard figures and stats. But it is really important for you to gather that feedback, those testimonials, and really use them and present them back to people so that you've got that story to tell. So the next activity I want you to do is I want you to think of an achievement. So you can use the previous one we just did. And I want you to think about what skills did you need to do that job and also what business impact did it have? And I use the word business impact because very often we can do something, we can have a success, we can achieve something. But when it comes to talking about the impact, we're like, yeah, you know, everyone loved it. And it's like, "Mm, that's not really what businesses care about. Businesses care about if you've increased revenue, if you've built awareness, if you've created a new opportunity, if you've reduced spending, if you've improved a process internally or externally, or if you've raised like the profile in order to access more things, right? They're the general things. There may be other things, but they're the general thing. So you need to get into a habit of talking about your achievements in the business impact lens and not just, oh, everyone loved it. Seems to have gone down really well, right? That's where we miss out on the opportunity to demonstrate the business value we bring. So I'm gonna give you two minutes. Please have a go at this task, speak to the person next to you, and then we'll continue with the rest of the presentation. So again, these tasks that I'm giving you are just really important to get into the habit, right? So please don't leave self-reflection till the end of the year, right? People asked me the other day, you know, how regularly should I do it? If you can do it daily, weekly, monthly, great try and make it a habit, try and make it part of your sort of regular practice so that you don't forget the stuff you're doing. So you don't overlook all the hard work you're doing. And Have those spaces where you can document the things that you're doing that you're really proud of. Because when we don't, we really do miss out on selling ourselves in the best possible way. So the key learning is stop commentating, stop saying what everyone else can see and start storytelling. The final section I wanted to talk to you about is the importance of caring less and sharing more. And this comes back to what I talked about at the very start of the session, the fear of sounding stupid. I want you to care less and share more. And one of the things that I learned, probably a bit too late because I think I'd already checked out of the ad industry at this point, was it's my responsibility to make my talent seen and valued. It's your responsibility to make your talent seen and valued. The biggest mistake we can make is assuming that our bosses, our peers, the people, our clients, are documenting all the things that you do that are great and are going to reward you accordingly. I'm telling you now, take this as a warning from me, it does not work that way. And sadly, what ends up happening is you miss out on things and you end up feeling disappointed when you don't get the things that you know you deserve. So everything we've talked about today isn't like fun, oh, maybe I should do this. This is about growing your reputation, your career in the direction you want it to do and to get rewarded appropriately. Um, A few things, I mentioned sort of testimonials briefly today, but. Testimonials and feedback are so important. Now, if anybody in the room is struggling with imposter syndrome, self-doubt, low confidence, I'm telling you now, go get some feedback. Go get some testimonials. Only ask for nice things, don't ask for improvements. Top tip, right? But go ask for that feedback, because it's, sometimes it is really hard to see your strengths, sometimes it is really no to, uh, hard to know the value you bring. But go ask an old colleague, an old boss, ask some friends, uh, what, what value do you think I bring to you? Ask the people that you work, live with, know, and get that feedback. I had two testimonials shared with me, and one of them, the first one was, keep doing what you're doing because you're b- building a generation of strong, empowered women. Now. I would never have said that, but you better believe that goes in every email I send out when I'm pitching myself. The second one, I often feel I'm capable of doing anything after attending Steph's sessions, right? If I speak to a client about my workshops and they say, oh, what's what's the kind of results? What do people feel like? What do they feel like at the end? And I say they feel they can do anything. That's a pretty big thing. And the nice thing about testimonials and feedback is you're not the one saying it. So if you do get that cringe and that, oh, I just don't want to talk about myself in that way, you can say, I'm often described as the following, or people say my work is like this. That is taking you away from that storytelling, and you're taking other people's words. It's social proof, right? If Nike says they've got the best trainers in the world, of course, they're not gonna go around saying, we've got the worst trainers, are they? But if 10 people tell you, oh, Nike's trainer's are the best trainers, you're more likely to believe it, right? Testimonials and feedback is social proof that what you are asking for you deserve and you've proved that to other people enough to make an impression. So go get some feedback. The other question I get asked a lot is how do you self-promote remotely, right? Weird environments we're working, living in at the moment. We're not in the office as much, which means people aren't seeing the work we're doing as regularly as they used to. So just simple things like sending an update to either your boss, your colleague, whoever you're working with. Hey, just to let you know, here are three things this week that I've done that I'm really happy with. Here's everything we're gonna be working on next week does not need to be more complicated than that, but the brilliant thing about that, it's a weekly digital paper trail that your boss has in their inbox and they cannot deny they've seen, they cannot deny that you've not presented them with the information, and you're regularly reminding them of all the progress you're making. You're making it easier for them so that they don't have to get updates for that from you, you're actually sending them to them. The other thing is think about like, how do people want to be updated? Maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a voice note. What is the best ways to the update the people that are going to have an influence on the future of your career the other thing that i said and i mentioned it earlier is like it's so important to make self-promotion consistent i think we'd like dabble in it and then go oh that's me done let's see what happens and it doesn't work like that i am here where i am today because i have self-promoted a lot over the last four years i have a consistent content stream of things that i share i advise i give my expertise on and actually people come up to me like i love following your content on linkedin i'm like really because i never feel like anyone's actually reading it but actually it does it makes a difference right Now I wanted to talk to you about Shani Mears. Does anyone know Shani Mears? Co-founder of the Elephant Room creative agency. So when I was writing my book, I interviewed a range of different thought leaders, creators, amazing people that are doing inspiring things. Now, Shani started working in an ad agency and it was predominantly white and she felt like the insights and the representation wasn't covered as a black female creative. She felt like more diversity needed to be learned about, heard and listened to, right? So what she decided as an intern was to send a month a weekly email around to the business of all the insights she was finding, all the influencers she was seeing, the events she was going to, the podcasts she was listening to, the content creators she was impressed with. She sent that around the agency and Very quickly, people were messaging her going, when's the email coming through, can't wait to use it. Or we actually use that insight that you shared in the email and we just want a new piece of work with the client, or we just work with that talent that you recommended. So she didn't build her reputation just from self-promoting her successes because she was at the start of her career. What she did was self-promote by adding value and showing her expertise and her knowledge. So I want you to remember that that consistency is important and self-promotion comes in all shapes and sort of sizes and it's up to you to figure out what feels most genuine and authentic to you. The beautiful thing about that story is after two years of working in the company, the co-founder of the business said he wanted to set up his own agency and invited her to co-found it with her. So she was 25 when she started a creative agency, right? And that is the proof. And she didn't have a background in advertising. She had a completely different background. That is proof that when you show people the value you bring, that makes a big difference to how people perceive you. Now, everybody know Daniel Pink, To Tell this Human? Really brilliant book, if anyone's not read it. But he's recently bought out a book on the power of regrets. And I listened to him speak on a podcast. He talks about lots of different regrets. And he said one of the biggest things that people really regret is boldness regret which is that I wish I'd have just said something. I wish I'd have just spoke up. I wish I'd have just championed myself. I wish I hadn't have quietened my own voice. I wish I hadn't have withheld that information. I wish I'd have just gone for it. So I want you to really soak up what I've talked about today and remember that never to have boldness regret. I want you to say the next time you want to ask for something, fuck being humble, I deserve this. I want you to go up to someone at the conference today if you're a bit nervous speaking to them because they're quite a big deal. Fuck being humble, they're just a human. I'm worthy to speak to them, right? Use that as a, as a thing that you say to yourself to get through that. And the other thing I wanted to say is make sure that you make the most of the rooms that you're in. You're in, sorry. When you get the opportunity to speak up, share your successes, talk about the value you bring, please do it. I went to an advertising event called She Says, it's a female network that was helped to sort of empower female voices. And one of the things they did, the the tech had broke at the event. And they said, has anybody got a project, a movement, anything they want to share whilst we wait for things to get fixed? Fuck Being Humble was two weeks old and I stood up in front of 100 people and I was like, Hi everyone, I'd love it if you could just follow me on socials, it's F Being Humble, Like, please connect with me. And I got 100 new followers in that room. Right, 100 new followers, that is not that easy to get. And you know, back in the day, I was pretty impressive, I was proud of myself for that. And so when I tell that story, I always say to people like, it's so important that when you get the opportunity to speak, you make the most of it, because you never wanna look back and have boldness regret. So the key learning from that section is be your own best hype man. So to summarize the four key points we've talked about today, feel free to grab a picture of this to remind yourself, tag at humble if you're sharing it, Big up yourself, use words that truly represent you, Uh, let go of the fear of being cringe and that self-promotion awkwardness, really bring your input to life, and care less and share more. Don't have that boldness regret and don't be embarrassed about what you've got to say. I always end my presentation saying self-promotion isn't a dirty word, so don't let anybody let you think it is. And very quickly, before I wrap up the session, if you've enjoyed today's session, please do grab a copy of my book. It's available in print and audio. It's available on local retailers like Waterstones, um, but it's also available on Amazon if you'd like to get it tomorrow. Um, I narrated the book in audio, so if you didn't like my voice today, don't get it in audio. Um, Please book me for a talk. I work for brands like Google, Unilever, Microsoft, ASOS, the British Red Cross, I deliver talks all the time. I'm speaking a lot of conferences this year. Get in touch with me if you'd like me to support any of your gender networks, if you'd like me to deliver talks to your teams, anybody that is looking to help add a bit of Fuck Being Humble magic into their uh, employee development, please let me know. And finally, I have a podca- podcast called That Feeling When podcast. You can find it on Apple and Spotify. It named number eight in the business podcast chart. And these two women, I just wanted to finally, very share, share this final thought for you all. During lockdown, we started a WhatsApp group where we could help each other because um, my boyfriend in particular got bored of me asking him questions about female empowerment, which was fair enough. Um, but we needed someone to speak to and we all quit our jobs at the same time, unfortunately two weeks before the pandemic. And we bounced off each other and then those chats turned into a Zoom call and then we decided to turn everything we were talking about into a podcast. But one of the things that we wanted to do to reflect on things, to make sure that we are proud of the things they're doing is every Friday at six o'clock, we share our wins before dins. So we voice note two to three things that we've done that week that we're proud of, and that can be anything from setting boundaries, it can be getting a new client, it can be winning new work, it can be taking time off social media, it could be anything. But getting into that habit of celebrating our wins, with people that I can do that with unapologetically and not be embarrassed about what may may be said has been a great thing to build my confidence and really stamp out imposter syndrome. So if you can find somebody to share your wins before dins with, that's my last recommendation to you all. That is everything from me, so thank you all so much for listening.
0: Thanks for listening. For more content like this and to learn about Advertising Week's world leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Creating videos doesn't have to be expensive and time consuming. At QuickFrame by Mountain, you'll get all the creativity without any of the baggage. Their solution has facilitated more than 65,000 high-performing on-brand video ads designed for both audience specificity and rapid creative testing. Get matched with a diverse community of creators across the globe who have the skills you need to bring your big and small ideas to life. Big screen performance on every screen in the home? It's not too good to be true. It's just how they roll. Visit quickframe.com to learn more.